0: Today's episode is with Jennifer Spore. She's a conscious leadership coach. Hey, have you ever wanted to live your life awake and on purpose? Ever wanted to have a sense of intentionality for really what you're doing for your business and for your job? Today's guest, Jennifer, is someone who really understands what it means to live life on purpose, and that's why she has an entire brand built around conscious leadership, She's so good and so talented in working with executives and entrepreneurs who are wanting to turn their overwhelm into clarity and get their mission and message out into the world. I love this episode with Jennifer. You're going to enjoy it. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, bringing you Jennifer Sport today. Jennifer is someone who helps conscious women executives and entrepreneurs turn overwhelm into clarity and get their mission and message out into the world. She's not just a conscious leadership coach, which we're going to talk about that more as we get into the episode. She's also a fellow podcaster, which, hey, what the heck you doing? As soon as this episode's over, you need to go check out her podcast. It is, by the way, I love this name. It is the Awake and On Purpose podcast. It's a phenomenal podcast. you got to check it out. Jennifer, I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Oh, like I'm just, I'm stoked. I'm ready to have this conversation. We're going to have fun.
0: Now, I, I, I typically don't harass my guests when they come onto my show. Uh, But, you know, just the random segue that I I have to start with is I say stoked all the time. You just said stoked. Someone just told me, they said, Blake, no one uses that word anymore. You got to move on. And so I feel like, I don't know if you're also dated with me, but I'm like, I feel like this is a good word. People are telling me I got to get with the times. I don't know.
1: Hey, I like that word. I think it describes accurately how I feel right now, which is excited. And hey, I may have dated myself too, but I don't care. I'm just all for putting it all out there.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, you and I were talking a little bit before we started, and you mentioned (laughs) that you're recovering from uh, coronavirus, which we're so glad to see you uh, looking healthy. You seem healthy, but you do have a little bit of a cough. And so, Definitely for the listeners, if you hear her coughing, it's not because, um, you know, she's smoking on the side, uh, but that she's recovering from this ridiculous pandemic. So, um, I'm glad though, that you seem healthy.
1: Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, it's all good. It's just, you know, one of those things, right. I, I always say a lot that it's not about, um, really so much our circumstances. It's more about how we respond to them. Right. Mm,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, well, it almost feels like we all have like a slew of circumstances that we're going to go through. So the earlier you can start thinking about how I'm going to respond, I guess the better off you'll be. I I want to dig in specifically to what you do for a living. You know, you've described yourself as a conscious leadership coach. I love this expression of turning overwhelm into clarity. Tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do for a living.
1: Yeah, so conscious leadership when I think of that really to me, it means living and leading from the inside out, right? It's all about self-awareness, leading by example, uh, also living on purpose. And that's really what I help people do. Um, because I've been here myself as well, which is part of what inspired me (laughs) to do this type of work to serve others. But, uh, a lot of people have an idea of what they want to do, right? They have a purpose, a dream on their heart. They want to start a business or they may have already done that, but they're just not sure how to get from here to there. So that's really what I help people with is I teach them how to forge a deeper connection with their own intuition because we really all have that inner wisdom, despite so many of us being taught to seek our solutions externally. So I really help people to forge a deeper connection with that intuition and then to also align their mission or their purpose or their dream with their time actions and their energies, right? To achieve the goals that they've set out, um, I listened to one of your recent podcast episodes and and I I believe that you use the term intentionality. That's really what it's about is learning how to live intentionally. It's amazing that, you know, we can have this dream on our heart and something that we want more than anything. But sometimes when you dig down deeper into the day to day of you know, what actions you're taking, how you're feeling and how you're choosing to spend your time. It's not always aligned. And I believe that that's what, of that's a big part of the struggle that people experience in terms of achieving those visions that they have, right. Of churning them from something that's in their imagination into a reality.
0: So I mean, what's, what's the stumbling block? I mean, what's the disconnect? Because obviously there's, there's people, I mean, I, I think you have people who, are totally unaware what that mm-hmm. passion is they just know they they just know it's not what they're doing right now right and you know it's like the person who's they're in the 9 to 5 they're like I don't know what I want to do I just know it's not this but then the person you're talking about who they're a step farther they know okay yeah I I know what I want to mm-hmm. do maybe it is start a business maybe it is this venture I want to do but you use this word intentionality i guess my question is like that lack of intentionality like what keeps mm-hmm. people from yeah i know it and yet i do nothing about it uh, and I don't mean to sound any in any way harsh. It's because I've lived this myself. I think we all have. We can we can resonate with wanting to do something or achieve something or accomplish something, and yet, you know, days turn into weeks into months, and then it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Next New Year's, I, you know, I'll do my resolution for that. What's your take on that? Like, what's your take on the disconnect between? Oh my no gosh, one, that's no a... doing and not doing.
1: <laughs> There's a lot to unpack from your question. It's it's a. Uh you know, mindset is really the biggest piece of it. Um, And our ability to, you know, take what's in our mind or what we're imagining to happen and to be able to integrate that into our physical reality. So despite the fact that a lot of people, even though they may not think so, they do have an idea of what they want to do, they question whether or not it's actually possible, right? So can, can I really love what I do and monetize that? You know, the answer is that if you're feeling called to do that, it already means that you're meant to do it. Because I also believe that, you know, God doesn't put ideas or dreams on our heart (laughs) that aren't meant to be achieved. So a big part of it is the willingness to be open to possibility. What happens so much of the time is that, we are stuck in our headspace, just meaning that I say this often as well is that our mind is a faithful servant, right? But it's our soul's guidance that that drives our desire for expansion or to conquer new horizons, right? Oh. Or to learn new things. And so our mind makes decisions based upon what it already knows. And it also makes decisions based upon past experiences. So if you're always in that space, well, guess what happens, right? It causes you to stay in a state of confusion and and being stuck. And what happens is that a lot of people also don't create the space to expand on their ideas. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what what's an example? Is that is that journaling? Is that quiet time? Is that meditation? Like, yeah. what is that space?
1: Yeah. So there are several different ways to go about creating space. Um, I believe that the, the number one kind of best practice to implement, and I teach this to clients as well, is meditation, is just learning how to be still. There are all kinds of guided meditations out there that you can do for free. There's a, you know, Insight Timer app, Calm is another app that's really popular. But I also think it's important to learn how to be still with yourself in silence without being in a guided meditation. So really focusing on being present. So just focusing on your breath, right? focusing on being in the moment, because when we do that, then we're opening up the space to actually receive the insights that we're looking for.
0: Well, I know you're talking to quite a few um, of uh, leaders, executives, uh, people who are, they're out there, they're, they're, they're making it happen, so to speak. How often do you find yourself talking with people about creating space and their response is, Like, no, I I just, there's just no way. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm thinking about, I I mean, I've even had events where companies have paid people to, to take like a week off and go get leadership training and leadership development. And yet at the same time are dumping so much work on them at the same, like literally while they're simultaneously at Mm -hmm. these events, Mm -hmm. uh, in the same way, I know people who they're out there, they're trying to make their job happen, but they get home and they're, they're wrapped up in running their family and uh, maybe even a side hustle, especially right now with this pandemic, people are, are stressed out of their mind trying to make things work logistically. Mm-hmm. What, what's your encouragement for people who they, they want that space and yet they don't really know how do I, how do I make space for the space? So to speak.
1: Yes. It's, so, there's a practical aspect to this too, right? And that is our ability to assert boundaries, to prioritize, and to effectively manage our time. Especially as a leader, it's never all done. So, you just have to decide what's most important to you. And so, it, it goes beyond just practical time blocking and managing your time. The ability to assert boundaries is really important because. A lot of, I found, and I used to be in this space as well, is that a lot of high achievers are also people pleasers, okay? And our desire to make everybody happy, which is impossible, by the way, (laughs) but our desire to make everybody happy um, can cause us to overcommit, And when we say yes to too much, we overcommit and we aren't prioritizing based upon what activities are going to give us the most impact. That's when those feelings of overwhelm and and burnout come up. So I just want to add to that quickly just to say that when you actually, even if it's just 10 minutes a day to start with of, let's just say meditation, right? you're actually increasing your productivity, especially if you do it in the morning, because you're setting the tone for your day to go into your day, much more focused on, on how you need to approach it. When we feel scattered and unorganized and overwhelmed, we're, we're not as productive and the decisions that we're making aren't as effective.
0: I've always liked, I've always liked the expression, uh, you you promote what you permit, meaning what you allow. The boundaries you let other people press in on, you actually in a way promote them doing that. And uh, I'll never forget, I had a person who I called because I, I just I needed some information about a client that we had, and this person had like maybe had like the last touch point or something with them, and so I called this person and right off the bat i was like hey i got this question and she was like blake it's my day off and i was like "Uh, right but this is like two seconds i just need to know it's my day off and i was like and she worked for me she i wasn't her boss i mean she wasn't my boss i was her boss and she was like it's it is my day off and i was like you're right i need to find this answer elsewhere now, I mean, it doesn't mean like we necessarily have to have like the Berlin Wall whenever someone like reaches out to us. But I, I was really impressed with her doing that because ultimately that's what is the concept that she's understanding is I, I have boundaries in my personal life versus my work life. And I have to fight to protect that. Uh, I think for many of us, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know many of us probably would never tell our boss something like that. Uh, and I can think of people where the boss calls all weekend you know, nightly, all the time, Uh, or maybe they themselves are that boss who's calling their people. Um, So I think that concept of boundaries is really important, but hard, I guess, to manage sometimes.
1: It is easier said than done. It's a practice, right? It starts with, if you want to shift in that direction, right? It just, it starts with simply creating space for yourself each day. And even if you only start with 10 minutes, what will happen is, you'll start to feel clearer around a lot of things, right? Like in terms of where you stand on things and how you want to approach things. Um, and then you can start to make other changes in terms of asserting more boundaries or prioritizing your time more effectively because you feel more confident in, in what actions you need to take because you're allowing your the space for yourself to receive those insights. So it doesn't happen overnight, Right. Like I haven't meditated my whole life. I haven't done this my whole life. I used to be, that's a whole other story, which we can talk about if you want to. But before I started my business a couple of years ago, I had a well-established career in the retail industry. I am that kind of story of someone, right? Who works their way up the corporate ladder, had the big job, had all the stuff, checked off all the boxes, But I was very stressed out and experienced a lot of anxiety. And I had one of those jobs where I had no boundaries. I was on, you know, all the time during holidays and and anything that happened to come up. But when I started doing meditation, this was years ago at this point, um, I actually, you know, used to have to take medication to help manage this anxiety and stress. After a few months of doing meditation, I was able to walk away from it completely. So I just want to also include the disclaimer that I'm not a doctor and everybody's, you know, everyone's scenario is different. But I want to put emphasis on on that point and that part of my story, because the societal programming that many of us experience is so strong around looking outside of ourselves for the quick fix or the solution. And in my example, implementing meditation changed my life, right? And really, what allowed me or, or empowered me to be successful in that was my commitment to being consistent in my practice every day. Right. So there are so many people out there that say that they can't meditate. Well, that's because they don't commit right to the consistency of making the shift.
0: Is that is that sort of like the um, the secret sauce, so to speak, in your mind of a conscious leader? I mean, is that is it every day I have this commitment of living out with intentionality and and sort of like this? I can't think of the word for it, but it's almost like an appreciation for the moment, I guess. Um,
1: Being present, being present. So we, so from an energetic standpoint, right? It's like, we can't change the past, okay? And our future only exists in potential. We actually shape our future based upon where we choose to focus our energy in the now. So really all we have is the present moment right now. And that's a big part of being a conscious leader, being an effective leader is continuing to sharpen that level of self-awareness to have some type of practices in place each day that happen, that are non-negotiable, that encourage, you know, that consistent growth, right? So meditation is a big one. It's not the end all be all. There's also journaling, right? Journaling can be an effective practice to provide us with an outlet to gain clarity in our thoughts. And it's also a great healing tool as well. Uh, Affirmations and visualizations are effective too. Um, But it's really important to focus on how we want to feel as well. Because like I said, your words are really powerful. But what's even more powerful than your words are the energy behind them.
0: So what does that mean?
1: Well, it means that, you know, let's say I, I don't know, I want to achieve a certain goal, right? Yeah. Um, I can say that I want something, but if inside of me, I don't believe it, Yeah, it's possible. Then it's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: It's kind of like the anti fake it till you make it. It's like you got to you got to believe it a little bit. Right. And so, you know, I guess. you
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely do. And, you know, that's a day to day process. That's that's an everyday process.
0: How often do you see it be important for people to have not just like those uh, daily affirmations and like that daily time? But also I'm thinking about people who sometimes it almost feels like your dreams or your ambitions are so large that you don't have like the, the, a fuel tank that's big enough to sustain it. But if you can have other people who are pouring into that and who are, you know, sort of donating their fuel, so to speak, but they're encouraging, they're affirming you, they're, you know, for me as a business owner, you know, my spouse is a great, is a great source of that. For the days that I am, you know, maybe down or not, I'm unfocused or I'm untethered from that vision, she comes alongside and says, hey, this is what is so important. This is what's so vital, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How often have you seen something like that? Not necessarily a spouse, but just people surrounding themselves with affirmers. Uh, How often has that been important for people to be that conscious, effective leader?
1: It's vital. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. it's vital to have some type of support system, right? Whether it's a spouse, or just other peers that are like minded. I think masterminds are invaluable. I mean, obviously, I value private coaching, you know, that's something that I offer to people. But I also feel like, masterminds are valuable too because you're intentionally surrounding yourself with other people who might not be doing the same type of work that you are but they have similar dreams and aspirations and so you're able to essentially you know not just support each other in the down days but to celebrate each other as well because as humans, we kind of just have the tendency to be more critical of ourselves. So it's just as important in terms of keeping our energy in the right space to celebrate what we're accomplishing. You know, especially being an entrepreneur, it's no joke, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> or I mean, it's just well, really, I mean, it's just really it, hard. It's, I mean, it's not it's, sexy.
1: It's the ultimate test of mindset and, and right. faith, in my opinion. You know, I held a higher level an executive role in my prior career and it's a different ball game right you know you kind of feel like it, and I made the mistake of thinking this as well you know I've managed hundreds of people I've done all these projects I have all of this experience right. but when it's really you on your own really right. you responsible for creating that it's it's just a whole other level
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and it almost feels like getting alongside those people with similar journal journeys. I feel like what's refreshing about that is you, the sweetness of that, like, oh, you're going through, I'm really struggling with this client. Oh, you're struggling with the client. Oh my gosh. We actually, do we have the same crazy client? Like, this is like really weird. We have the same story, but like the swapping of those stories and like the sharpening of one another, it feels like, a lot of us are starved from that. Like you don't necessarily see that happening naturally on social media, so to speak. Typically what you see happening out in the community is, um, I don't want to call it posturing, but someone who says like, oh yeah, I mean, I just rolled out of bed and I made 10 sales today. And I'm actually, it was great. I was a server at a restaurant and now I'm a multimillionaire. It's, hey, by the way, buy my book. You know, like that's kind of what, is getting precipitated and we're not really seeing, I think these authentic, honest conversations, but it feels like the faster we can get to that point of having those conversations, the better off we all as entrepreneurs will be. But it feels like it's, it's hard sometimes to find that community it seems.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, people have the tendency to share what they feel safe sharing, right? I think it's up to us who are on the receiving end of that information to be discerning in terms of what feels true to us, mm-hmm. you know, especially online. I mean, it, it's a lot, right? I think people do the same thing with those dating sites, too. Right? <laughs> it's like you, pre- you, you pretend to be uh you know, this person. I almost never understood six uh, almost
0: yeah. six feet
1: tall. <laughs> I never understood the point of that, you know, because at some point you meet the person and it's kind of the same online, right? It's like yeah. um integrity is actually one of my biggest values. You know, mm-hmm. it's really important to me that I show up online mm-hmm. the same time the same way that I'm showing up in conversations, you know, offline with
0: people. I think what's exciting for me is when I talk to someone I meet through LinkedIn, which I talk to tons of people just like you do. And what, when you meet that person, you realize, oh, wow. Okay. This person is that person that gets portrayed on LinkedIn versus the person you sit down with and you're like, okay, you are not the person. That you present on LinkedIn, and I think that duality, like that, that disconnect. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if I would call it a lack of integrity, but I think, like you said, it almost feels like there is this need of integrity, and I'm presenting who I am in all authenticity and honesty, and you know, I'm not saying I'm a multimillionaire when really I have like eighteen dollars in my account, you know, things like that. But um, it does feel like when you make that connection and they are who they say they are, that it's, it's almost like that that sinking happens so much faster and that community gets that community gets built so much quicker it almost feels like
1: yes yes absolutely i absolutely believe that and that's something that i teach clients as well right it's like especially as someone who you know if you're in the coaching consulting industry just the service based industry you you have it on your heart to help everybody right But the truth is, is that you're not meant to help everybody. (laughs) So when you're in business, especially online, it's critical to to be clear on who you're speaking to and and that that translates in your messaging as well. I feel like we're more effective as leaders when we focus on honing in on who it is that we're meant to serve.
0: You know, and it almost feels like, Building on this conversation of you know you can't you can't serve everybody, which I know some of our listeners who are aspiring entrepreneurs who they want to sell to everyone. You know that, that's I think it's already a hard pill to swallow. I think also recognizing that as a leader, while you have a charge to serve everyone who's working for you, also recognizing that you will not be the best leader ever to everyone because people are just yes. different and they're just hardworking. Yes.
1: Yes, I love that you brought that up. That's so important because especially online, right? There will always be someone who disagrees with you, who thinks you're wrong, who doesn't resonate with whatever it is that you're saying. And, and that's okay. And so it's, it, again, it goes back to mindset, right? You have to have a certain level of confidence and belief in your message. And to be able to put that out there, knowing that out of the gate, there's going to be someone who, who doesn't resonate with you. And and that's okay because you're not, you're not meant to serve them. Right.
0: Yeah. It's almost like you're not a loser idiot. It's just that, you know, no. accepting like people, no.
1: not everyone's yes. going to be in sync with you. Yeah. Yes. And that goes back to the conditioning that many of us are exposed to from early on in life around that, we want everybody to like us and that oh. we need to make everybody happy and that our ability to be liked by other people defines our, our self-worth and who oh. we are, which isn't true.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit, I know we're running out of time here. Tell me a little bit more about you specifically, you know, obviously you're running this incredible business, you're offering the service that is so necessary and needed you mentioned a little bit your journey from retail into what you're doing now. I'd love to get you know as I know I'm, I'm opening a conversation point that's hard to talk about. <laughs> yeah. you know as quickly as possible, but I'd love to at least give the audience a little bit of a glimpse of how did you walk through getting to this point of confidence and security, and again, borrowing a word you used earlier, intentionality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like how how did you walk through that? that self-reflection, self-reflecting that, that really journey of getting to where you are now, where it's like, okay, I get this and I get it to the point where I I've seen the fruits of it, that I want to give it to other people. What does that look like for you?
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's hard to kind of condense, but basically. (laughs) 30
0: seconds or less. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh
1: my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The answer is how long it took me a few years, you know, to get to that point. I was on my own at an early age of 16. Okay, so basically, I kind of developed this way of living in survival mode, like so many other people, I had the idea that life had to be lived in this cookie cutter way in order to be successful. Like you had to have the big job, earn lots of money and and do all the things, right? Check all the boxes off the list. Well, basically, I ended up doing that, you know, I was really blessed to get into retail when I was like 19. And I used to want to be a teacher when I was a kid, right. But when I got into retail, I actually really liked it, because I loved working with people. And I thought, you know, what, I'm gonna stick with this thing. And I made a really successful career out of it. Um, What happened basically is that I reached a point in my life where I had checked all those boxes off the list. There were no more promotions in my work. And so the fog was starting to lift. Essentially, I was starting to think about, you know, yeah, what's next? right? And then I was starting to become more and more sensitive to the stresses that were associated with the position that I held at the time. So all of that was prompting me to to think about what's next, but I didn't take action right away, because I was scared. Because of that programming around um, that, you know, when you work hard for something, you hold on to it, there was a fear of change, you know, I'd done the same worked in the same industry for so long, I thought, You know, what else, what else could I do? It was actually, so that continued to kind of gnaw away at me, right? Because when we, for anyone listening, when you feel that call to change, (laughs) it's just easier to answer it because it won't go away. It'll just keep getting stronger and stronger until you do. But it was really the catalyst for taking action to transition careers was, um, was when my mom got sick. So my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer several years ago. And I was living on the opposite end of the country at the time. I was flying back and forth to try to be with her, to try to help out as much as I could while at the same time being on, you know, in that job all the time. And there was a defining moment where I was actually by her bedside spending time with her which I knew were some of her last days that she was alive and my phone was blowing up (laughs) and it was blowing up for something that in the realm of things, right. Wasn't the most important thing, like some BS issue that could have been prevented (laughs) to begin with, you know? So I just had this defining moment and I was so raw and so emotional at that point. I was just like, no more. I'm not stuck. I'm not a victim there's something else for me out there. I can't see what it is, but I know that there is. And that was really the beginning of the end. And I was scared as hell. But what happened was I reached a place where my courage exceeded my fear. So I knew that moving forward, things were going to work out. I didn't know how, but I just knew that they were. So my mom died and I ended up moving from New Jersey back to Idaho where I grew up. Cause I wanted to be closer to the remaining members of my family at that time. And I stepped down from my career. Um, it sounds like a country song, but I like stepped down from my role, I was packed I my car, packed my car, headed out West. You know, I stayed on with my company consulting for a while while I was deciding what was next. So that didn't happen overnight. It was a process, right? Um, it was through experiencing that part of my transition or that part of my journey that gave me clarity on starting my business to get into coaching because something else I realized is that the reason why I was in the job I was in for so long is because there was a part of it that was my purpose, the part uh-huh. where I was training people, mentoring people, lifting other people up. I i was uh-huh. meant to do that work, but I realized I was dating my purpose, not married to it, right, uh-huh. because there was this whole other element of my job that... I was really good at, but I didn't love it. And I think I'll give a shout out to Kristen Sherry. (laughs) I think she would call that a burnout skill, right? So it was through going through that journey that I realized what I wanted to do. And I came up with a plan and made it happen. And I was still scared. There was still, because from day one, I've had a virtual business. So there was, a whole new level of leaning into my vulnerability, you know, to put myself out there online, to share my story, some, you know, right. very personal things, you know, with the world. But right. but I also had the mindset of, you know, what's more important to me, to make an impact in the world or to play small and stay hidden in the corner, you know, with my own fears. So that's really how... I was able to, you know, adopt the mindset of I'm just putting it all out there because (laughs) I know because I know that it's helping other people. right? Right. Right. And and that growth is it continues to be a journey. I believe we're always eternal students.
0: You know, I think what's really, if I may, beautiful about your story is this really raw, painful moment of losing your mother. And even realizing like the um, the uh, I can't think of the word, but like the it's really the disconnect in the sense of like your phone's blowing up and it's just like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? I think sort of the sweetness of that story is the setbacks we go through in life and how they bring so much clarity for the next thing. Right. And how you then walk into that next moment for you. The other thing I think is really important and incredible about your story is. For the listeners who just heard this story, which I'm like, I'm like, man, I need, to, I want to watch this movie. Like, this is, this sounds just incredible, <laughs> uh, and we need to have you on again and dig more into this. But at the start of your story, you timed it in the sense of you said it took me about a few years, and I think that sometimes is a big takeaway for the, for the listeners is it it really is not an overnight journey. It's something that you have to show up for and commit to day after day after day. It's like, my wife is on this new workout routine and she was joking with me. She was like, what the heck? Like, where's my six pack? And I was like, babe, it's been three days. It's been like three days. You know, it's like,
1: it's gonna take a while. It's
0: gonna take a long while. Right. And and, (laughs) we're just joking back and forth with each other. But that feels like us as people, it's the human condition is I want it. I think about the girl from uh, Willy Wonka, you know, I want it. I want it now. You know, it's like, that's, that's what we, we think of sometimes But the version you just gave is this really authentic, uh, and it has like a sweetness to it. It's like the sweetness of life. It's like I was willing to go through the timing of it, and now I'm reaping the clarity and like the the authenticity and like all these incredible parts. Um, And I want to give you a second to respond to that, but I also know you have a hard stop. We're actually at the end of our episode. Uh, So I'll I'll let you respond to that. But I'll also will say, hey, if you have anything else you want to share for how the listeners can follow up with you, who can engage with you, who can connect with you, um, if you can also speak to that as well, um, that might be a good way for us to close.
1: Yeah. So I want to reiterate what you said quickly, which is that it's not an overnight process. But there's also a time in our journey where it makes sense for us to reach out for support, right? Which is what inspired me to do this work because I was like, hey, I know there are other people going through this and that through offering services where I can support them to get through the how, right, to avoid some of the potholes (laughs) or rabbit holes, I should say, I fell into, you know, that's where I think coaching, consulting, just receiving the right type of support for what you want to achieve can really expedite your path forward. So can you figure it all out on your own? Yes. But sometimes getting the right kind of support can help you you know, expedite that path. Um, in terms of reaching out to me, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I spend the most time on LinkedIn and you can also reach me uh, through my website, which is jenniferspore.com.
0: Perfect. And for the listeners, I will put those links in the episode description below. I'll also put Jennifer, your link to your podcast uh, down in the episode description below as well. Jennifer, you are an amazing guest. Thanks so much for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you. I just I love being on. Thanks so much.
0: Of course. For our listeners, hey, if you've never subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. Also, don't forget that we are on Patreon. You got to check out the podcast, patreon.com slash good advice. You can even be a sponsor for the podcast and get your business advertised at the start of every show. Check that out, learn more about that. And also there's plenty of other perks for you there. As always, thank you for your continual support for the podcast. We so appreciate it. Stay tuned next week. We'll have some more good advice coming your way. See you later.